Hot Springs Village Inside Out is a closer look at the greatness of Hot Springs Village, Arkansas and the surrounding areas. People, places, experiences. Hot Springs Village is one of the most beautiful places on earth. Join me, Randy Cantrell, and my co-host, Dennis Simpson, as we engage in weekly conversations to explore Hot Springs Village Inside Out. Today's show is brought to you by Central Arkansas's favorite radio station, KVRE. Find them on the dial at 92.9 FM. Stream them live at kvre.com. Remax of Hot Springs Village, the award-winning Remax of Hot Springs Village is the largest real estate office inside the village with over 30 full-time agents and support staff. Visit them to learn more about this beautiful place to solve your real estate needs. Call them today at 1-800-364-9007 or find them online at explorehsv.com. They are Remax of Hot Springs Village at one 800 364 9007 or online at explorehsv.com. Ike Eisenhower State Farm. Ike and his award-winning team have been serving the insurance needs of folks all around Hot Springs Village since 1998. Ike has qualified for State Farm's President's Club, Chairman's Circle, and Hot Springs Village Insurance Agent of the Year. Call them today at 501-984-4100. That's 501-984-4100. You can also find them online at IkeEisenhower.net. Call them today for your insurance needs because like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Dennis Simpson, Hot Springs Village. Mosquitoes and tiggers and snakes. Oh, my. And ticks. We miss some of those. Anyway, we're going to talk about pestilence today. A gentleman named Mr. Tom from Colorado has sent us an email, by the way, in case you ever wonder, can you go to hsvinsideout.com and can you roll down to the info and send us an email and will we answer you? Of course, of course, we'll answer you. We're doing a show for Tom right now. He had some great questions about basically pestilence in the village, and it comes down into two or three different little brackets. And and let me share some screens here, and I think I can make some sense of it. Uh, The bottom line is, is that we've had just wild, wild, uh, excuse me, misinformation about things. Uh, I had a lady ask me one time if you could walk uh, outdoors barefoot in the uh, spring or in the summer, could you do that? Uh, Because the copperheads were so bad. I thought, where on earth do you get your information? Now, look at me. I'm not a guy that's particularly well-traveled. I'd like to be, and I'm trying to learn, but I will tell you every place has a myth about it of sorts, you know, um, anyway, we'll come to that in a minute. You know, uh, the hurricanes are horrible on the coast. Well, not every year, uh, tornadoes are terrible. Well, we hadn't seen one for 20 years. It, it's that kind of thing. And we'll come back to that in just a minute. Let's start with ticks. And there is a phrase here. Let me see if I can click over on this screen. Yeah. What is a seed tick? Now, the term is used for a little bitty tick that looks about to be the size of a seed. I mean, a a speck. You can hardly even see them. And you can feel them crawling up your arm, as you see here in this picture, which I hope I can bring over. I may not be able to. No, I'm not going to be able to. I don't think. Let me see if I can scoot it over just a little uh, there we go. Yeah, no, maybe, no. 
trying to upload it in Google Lens. Not what I was trying to do. Anyway, it literally looks, it's smaller than a freckle on your skin. They are incredibly, incredibly small. There we go. And there are seed ticks on this gentleman's hand. And you're like, you got to be kidding. You can see those. Well, a seed tick is no different than any other tick. It is just a larval or nymph state. It's tiny, tiny, tiny. So when you say the word uh, uh, seed tick, all you're saying is it's an infant. It's a super, super small tick. Okay. And they do come in all sizes. On the left-hand side we here, we have deer ticks. Uh, right beside that, we have a dog tick. And then everybody calls it the Lone Star tick, which has the little dot on the, dot on the back of it. Uh, these do get progressively bigger. Uh, the dog ticks are designed to get enormous. And, and the deer ticks, they do predominantly stay on deer. They really do. Uh, I've gotten a couple of Lone Stars in the day. But what you have to understand, that a little bit of education can help a lot of this go away. And I mean, a lot of this go away. Uh, basically, in the uh, middle spring, when we start getting a lot of rain, middle spring to probably uh, summer to not late summer, but kind of that area, ticks are, are uh, simply, what's the word? I'm blank on it. Stinking post-COVID brain. Um, they are opportunistic. That's the word I wanted. So as you walk down a trail, any trail, any path, anywhere <clears throat> in Arkansas during the summer months, if you brush against any branch or leaf or twig or weed, and it's a drier time of year, odds are you probably want to check for ticks when you get back home. And you say, well, well how would I know? Well, you'll feel a little crawling. You'll feel a little itch. Do all ticks have disease? No. Do you get a, a disease from every tick? Think about how big you are, 195 pound person, and how tiny, tiny infinitesimal a tick is. <clears throat> it simply doesn't work that way. The one thing you want to do is, is you don't want to leave the tick attached very long if you do get one. But, and maybe I'm kind of uh, crazy. That's the word I'm using for, uh, we own 30 acres right by here behind us that are commercial property. And Jeff and I went and walked that. And this is the second week, uh, about third week of October. Uh, we went and walked that yesterday, day before. And I, I, I had on, uh, Vans type shoes and just some shorts and didn't think anything about it. And, my comment was I was kind of thinking about ticks and I was being cautious about them and kind of aware. Um, but Jeff had a putter in his hand, he had a, a driver in his hand, uh, because if he didn't know if we were going to meet any snakes and I was like, that's not a problem. He said, well, why? <clears throat> I said, because snakes, it's 55, 58 degrees. It's a really cool day. We've had a cold snap here and mid-October. Uh, it's 58 degrees. The only place you're going to find a snake is laying in the sun trying to get warmer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Sure enough, didn't see a tick, didn't see a, a snake, didn't see anything. That said, just some common sense. Uh, if I, I always travel, we get the green dark woods off. Dark, deep woods off, I should say. I'm sorry, deep woods. Um, you spray your pant legs with that. You spray your legs with that. You spray your feet with that. <clears throat> Typically, they're going to grab you from the knee down and try to work up. They love to go to the crotch area where it's warm and moist and they have lots more blood supply. They love to get to your elbows, to your wrists, to your underarms. Just look for places like that. That's basically what they're going and what they're doing. <clears throat> uh, 
deep woods off, I never, never have a problem. Never. Now, I don't go roll in the bushes in the middle of the summer sun in August, but at the same time, just taking a casual walk through the woods, I have no fear. This is not a real issue. Just be sure and use, and I prefer the deep woods, the regular off works, but the deep wood really, really, it's what you're looking for. It's, it's such a deterrent. They're not even interested in any way. Uh, let's go over to our next issue. Uh, well, actually, let's move to that. What's the difference between a chigger, a berry bug? I, I didn't know that till I pulled this up to look for information here. Uh, <clears throat> it's basically a kind of mite. And basically, it's a, it looks like a super tiny tick. They look a little bit alike, except there's two different things here. When a tick bites you, a tick will bite, anesthetize the area around it. They inject a little bit of basically, <clears throat> excuse me, fall sinuses. They inject a little bit of, of, of uh, drug or poison, actually, that, that numbs the area. So you don't feel the tick bite you initially, nor do you feel it for maybe a few hours. And then in the middle of the night, you happen to scratch and think, oh, my God, am I scratching loose that tick? I should, I should look at this. Uh, on the other hand, a berry bug, which you'll never hear anybody around here call them that, but a chigger, a chigger is also another opportunistic bug that will lay in the weeds, lay in the bushes, and they're waiting for you to walk by. Now, let me give you the, the analogy here is, is that if you play golf and you hit your ball up in the woods and it's 80 feet up in the woods in the middle of a long summer day, you may want to have some off on. If you're going to pretty much keep it in the fairways, I never use the stuff until I'm going off in the woods. And I mean, going off in the woods, like with a chainsaw or a hoe or a, <clears throat> you know, a, 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 some flagging material. I, I don't worry about the deep woods off until I'm in there. Deep woods off will work on mosquitoes and tiggers, tiggers, chicks and tiggers. That's our joke here. But uh, the difference with a chigger is, is that a chigger will bite and then it injects an enzyme that actually destroys some of the cells around it, turns it into mush, and then they start sucking it back out. So when you do get rid of the chiggers, which you can scrape off or scratch off or whatever, <clears throat> there will be a residue or a resemblance on that spot that will be one of the most itchy things you've ever had in your life. It will literally drive you nuts. The, the chiggers aren't a problem. The residue they leave and the bite and the, the because the skin has been uh, decomposed, frankly, a little bit like a spider bite kind of thing. And you will scratch like crazy trying to get rid of the chiggers, chiggers and ticks. Oh, my. Now we've covered the big ones. And let's go to the lightning round mosquitoes. A lot of questions about mosquitoes. A lot of people asking what exactly <clears throat> should I work for or look for with a mosquito? The easiest thing to tell you in the village and in Western Arkansas, Western and Southwestern Arkansas, I'll say it that way. Um, the Western portion of Hot Springs, the Western portion of Arkansas, Hot Springs, Perrin, Fort Smith, uh, Ozark, uh, Eureka Springs, down to Texarkana, all that entire kind of diagonal line where the mountains are. For the most part, the dirt here, the soil here, is shattered chert. If you walk outside, and it's a good thing it grows beautiful trees because it doesn't grow a whole lot else. It's kind of like a clay and slate mixture. They call it chert. 
And you can pour a five gallon bucket of water over a, over a deal of chert. And in 30 minutes, it's gone because it just runs right through it. It's very porous. It's very, it's shattered chert. So we don't have a drainage problem here. It runs off quite well. That's not the problem. You say, what's this got to do with anything, Dennis? Mosquitoes cannot live more than a hundred feet away from stagnant water. Let that sink in. Mosquitoes cannot live more than a hundred feet from stagnant water. You say, well, you got a lake, Dennis. Yeah, but it's not stagnant. Well, you've got potted plants and whatever. Yeah, but there's not water sitting in those plants. If you know anything about plants, that's not a good idea either. But, but even the plants behind me may have a bowl underneath them. And when you pour a lot of water in the top and you let that water just settle in the bottom of that pot, you may have a place for the larvae to grow, for the mosquitoes to breed, for to perpetuate that link. If you keep, if you won't allow stagnant water under a bowl, a, 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 a flower dish or a flower pot or something like that in your yard, and you're more than a hundred feet away than some, from somebody else, mosquitoes are never a problem. I'm trying to think and be very factual here. This last year, very hot summer, very hot summer. One of the hottest summers on record. I may have killed three or four mosquitoes. I don't think you think about it. I mean, it's, it's, it's a non-issue. It's, it's a non-starter. It's not even a topic to really talk about. That said, we do live on the lake. And, and I need to finish up my point with mosquitoes first. Mosquitoes are, are, are the, the two or three things you can really learn from them. Number one, they can't travel very far at all. Number two, they're looking for carbon dioxide from our breath coming off. So if you spray yourself with with uh, deep woods off or something like that, <clears throat> it masks the smell and they can't smell your CO2 and they don't even come to you. Uh, and by the way, the what is it, the females that bite or is it the males that bite? Only one of the sexes actually bite. Uh, it, it's There are female mosquitoes and male mosquitoes and only one of them actually bite. But But all that to say, you have to have stagnant water nearby. You have to have basically damp conditions for them to live. They have to be relatively very, very close. I mean, think about it. You've got a mosquito that weighs a thousandth of an ounce and there's a 20 mile an hour wind. What are they going to do? What are they going to try and fly back to the stagnant water when they get blown a half mile down the lake? No, it's just common sense. Oh, and the other thing I wanted to mention was typically in the evenings and in the mornings, more likely in the evenings, the sun will be going down and the air will settle. And the air will be more stagnant. And that's typically the time that most people get bit. Uh, sitting outside right at dusk and get bit after dusk doesn't seem to be a problem. After dark, not a problem. Right before sunset, not a problem. Literally sitting here on the lake, I, I can't remember the last time I swatted a mosquito on the lake. Now, during the late summer months, we will have what are called black bugs. Some people will call them mayflies. Uh, we will have a a, a a literal barrage of moths and and such for a few days <clears throat> after that then we have spiders because the spiders take care of the as a friend of mine said you know we do live in a forest which he has a very valid point um it's it's a very wet area and and by comparison <clears throat> i seriously apologize sinus issues uh, we live in a very wet area. We'll get between 75 and 80 inches of rain a year. 
And as somebody said the other day, that's coming on seven feet, isn't it? And I was like, yeah, yeah, but it doesn't rain all the time. It's just when it rains, it may be a very violent storm, two or three inches. Interviewed a lady who moved here from Alaska uh, earlier this week. And one of her comments was when it rains, it rains here. Whereas on the West coast and Alaska and California and, and, and those areas, it'll cloud up and drizzle good for a while, but a violent big thunderstorm. Eh, that's more of a, a flyover type area. If you get my drift anyway, let's move over to one more topic. I think I had one more topic. Oh, 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 I wanted to talk about snakes. Yeah. If you don't know anything about snakes and you've never been to Arkansas, um, once again, snakes can't live very far from water either. They have to have some type of water source, as do all mammals and all even reptiles. Um, But what you really need to know, there are two types of snakes that I've encountered in Arkansas in my 60 years here. Uh, I used to to keep snakes. I I had them as pets. Uh, It made my dad very nervous, so I finally got rid of them. They didn't bother me in any way at any time. I had a ring snake that literally would curl between your fingers. He was a, he was a sweet snake. If you get my drift, I had a speckled King snake that kills and drives out other snakes from your yard. If you have a speckled King snake, you'll know it because he's black with bright green speckles on his back. Do not approach in any way, not because they're dangerous, but because they're your guardians. They're literally surveying the property for you, taking care of mice, rodents, any kind of little pestilent thing that, that that they can take care of and any other snakes. And I mean, infant snakes, young, just very, very short beginning young life snakes. You will occasionally come across a, um, a cotton mouth, which they're all black. They're kind of fat and puffy. And when they open their mouth, it's all white. Okay. No other mistaking. That's a cotton mouth. The other type is a cotton copperhead. Copperheads are actually quite beautiful. They've got a red and kind of rust colored pattern across their back, kind of a diamond back pattern across them. And of course, both of these are from the Viper family. So they've got big fat heads uh, like mine and uh, they look diamond shaped. They have a diamond shaped head. Most other non-venomous snakes will have a very smooth head whereas they'll have a diamond-shaped head. Two things about copperheads and and, and, uh, cottonmouths. Cottonmouths, they really don't want to mess with you. They're not interested, but they will stand their ground. They will rear back back up and get out of my space. And if you leave them alone, literally, they will just slither off and find someplace else. Copperheads, on the other hand, uh, it's been one of my comments that copperheads are downright pissy. Um, 195 pound human pound and a half snake. It's a big one. Right. And, uh, they're ready to take you on, buddy, like back up or I'll come. uh." They have a very, uh, disagreeable disposition. Now, many people believe that they see a lot of copperheads on the lake and they might except copperheads won't swim across the lake. Brown water snakes will happily swim all the way across the lake. I've seen them. I watched a brown water snake come all the way across the lake, get up, go in a hole, live in a hole down by the rocks by our house, and they were just fine. They are non-venomous. The brown water snake, which I I can tell you the difference. I lifted up a cover on one of my boats one day and pulled out a battery. And when I did, a snake shot out from underneath there and jumped in the water. That is a brown water snake. 
They don't want anything to do with me. I don't want anything to do with them. And we're fine. Copperheads, on the other hand, a copperhead would have reared back and said, I'm going to defend my space. Come on, buddy. Let's go. Let's go. So I have no interest in them. But the, the issue is copperheads are less likely on the water than you ever would really think. Brown water snakes, not really a big deal. It's really not. As soon as you stomp your foot or you know, clap your hand or make a motion, they're gone. They, 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 if they get on your boat or they get on your yard, their one method is where do I escape to if I have to go somewhere? Because I'm, I'm not going to defend myself. I'm not going to try and fight a 195-pound human. I'm not going to go through all this trouble. That said, um, five years ago, I saw one on my boat, a brown water snake on my boat. Um, I see maybe, but I get out in the woods a lot because I'm always looking at properties and golf lots and stuff like that. I might see a snake a year, maybe two snakes a year, but, but I'm out in the woods a lot. And, and I have people that have lived here in the village 20 years who will tell you they've never seen a snake. Well, they're on the pavement. They're, they're, they're on, they're walking the pavement. They're walking the, the paths, the trails, the whatever. Well, of course you're not going to see snakes. They are not looking for you. They, you know, if you cross paths, Hey, let me go. I'm good. I'm, I don't want to have to be any, you know, have any trouble with you. So I think I've covered kind of the big topics, ticks, which can be a problem, but deep woods off takes care of everything. You say, well, I don't want it on my skin. Okay. Just spray it on your pants, spray it on your shoes, spray it on your, your, your sleeves. I promise you it's a remarkable, remarkable product works great. Keeps the chiggers off me too. If you happen to get a chigger bite, there is a chigger rid type product that you can put on that will stop the itching. Uh, You'd think, well, I would just take Benadryl like, you know, poison Ivy or something. That's the other point I wanted to make. I'll do that in a second. But if you have an irritant and you think, well, I can just put a Benadryl on there or something or take a, a Benadryl or put some kind of salve on that. Boy, chiggers, yeah, because they inject that enzyme and it tries to deteriorate the skin, the itching can be just really profound. Uh, then we come back behind that. We have we have the seed ticks, which are, chi- which are basically infant ticks. We have the chiggers. We have mosquitoes, which are really not a thing. I mean, really not a thing. If, if they are a thing, it would be more near in a golf course, uh, which we have a lot of. But once again, the ground is very porous. It doesn't hold water very long at all. You're not going to water the golf course from last night and come out and there'll be a two-inch puddle uh, sitting in the morning. It just doesn't happen. Uh, the next thing we talked about was snakes. And the one last one I wanted to talk about was poison ivy and poison oak. And, and sometimes it's called poison Schumach. And if you go to the doctor and you say, I've got poison Ivy, he'll say you have contact dermatitis and you say, no, no, no. I think it's poison Ivy or poison Oak. And how do I get rid of it? And he'll say it's contact dermatitis. The fact is, is that poison Ivy, much like all these other products is opportunistic in a way. And that is poison Ivy. Typically uh, the, the phrase you will want is leaves of three, let it be. Leaves of four, grow some more. So leaves of three, when there's three little funny shaped leaves that are pointing out like that, and it's a little ground cover, that ground cover uh, many times can have poison ivy on it. The, the fact of the matter, or it has the, the ingredients of contact dermatitis, to, to quote my, my uh, physician. But many times, 
you walk by and you may just brush against that poison ivy. Well, if you bend the leaf back, it will spray a tiny amount of little bitty oil on your skin. And you think, well, okay, it's all on my skin. So what? How does it turn into poison ivy, as we call it, or contact dermatitis? And that is, is that it irritates that skin and tries to open up those pores and will drive you nuts with, with itching. It's not like, it's certainly not like a chigger in any way, but it can be very intense. And that's poison ivy or poison oak. It doesn't matter. They're all roughly the same leaf pattern configuration. But there, if there's leaves of three, let it be is the motto. Well, what do you do when you get a contact dermatitis event or before you do? I'm walking through the woods and I think to myself, um, I brushed up against some brushes. There's a good chance I didn't put on any kind of you know, skin so soft, which really doesn't do it for me. It does for some people, but doesn't make much difference to the ticks or the chiggers or the, the whatever, uh, or the poison ivy. But I think I may have brushed up against something. I'm going to go inside and I'm going to take a big hot shower. No, stop. Don't. The last thing you want to do is take a hot scrubbing shower with poison ivy or poison oak because it will open those pores up and the oil goes inside your skin pore. And you, my friend, will now be miserable. Uh, I have heard horrible stories, and this is once-in-a-lifetime stories, where people were sitting around a campfire burning some vines and weeds and didn't think anything about it and inhaled poison ivy. Yeah, warm, moist path, lots of oils. Yeah, and it, it can be a real, real problem. Some people have very profound allergic reactions to it. Nine times out of 10, two to four Benadryl, you'll take a good nap, but you'll also, that antihistamine will dry you up. It will really help that a whole lot. But my strong encouragement is if you have a poison ivy likely event, or if you have a little brushing, you're thinking, well, that, that, I feel like I got something a little sticky on me. Hop in the shower or at least take a cool wash rag, not a lot of soap, and just wipe it down. And you will literally break down the enzymes in that oil and disable the oil from getting into your skin or going anywhere else. It, it basically just dilutes the oil, the little bit of oil that's on your skin anyway. Caveat to that, the backwards part of that is, if you do get chiggers, get in and take a hot shower and try and scrub off and take a little scrub pad or a buff pad or something to your skin. That will give you a lot of comfort. Once again, Benadryl is going to be your best friend. I, I think, uh, To put this in perspective, to those of you who have watched however long this is graciously. Thank you. I appreciate your attention. But for those that have watched and listened to what you need to know is these problems to the casual villager are really not problems at all. Um, the snakes play an important role. Snakes eat the ticks. Snakes eat chiggers. Uh, snakes eat rodents. Uh, these are the things that you want the natural systems to kind of play out. If you get my drift, that said, do I want to be involved in the natural systems? No, not so much, but deep woods off. Just be aware during those months, you, you don't, don't just go trudging through the middle of the woods with deep weeds and not realize there's going to be something there, some kind of parasite, some kind of something will want to attack you. Uh, and part of that is because we do have so many deer here in the village who don't have anything to do with you either. They're beautiful. They just sit and eat the food and hopefully uh, don't end up on the hood of your car. But there's there's a balance here. And I would say, uh, like I say, this last year, man, maybe three mosquitoes, zero snakes. Um, 
I've had people report scorpions. I don't think I've ever seen one. We did see a tarantula two years ago out on one of the dams near the national near the uh, wilderness area. Fascinating, fascinating. Um, but they were beautiful. They they certainly didn't have any interest in us. Uh, snakes, once again, ninety nine percent not interested in you. Eager to get away from you, possibly more interested than you are. I hear some of you saying no. He couldn't be more interested, but that is possible. Mosquitoes, not a deal. Ticks, you know, like I say, I go out in the woods a lot. Maybe five or six ticks this year, maybe over five months, six months. So, Tom, thanks for your question. And we do appreciate you your writing in. If you have any questions, go to hsvinsideout.com. Scroll down to the bottom and go to the contact information to contact myself or Randy. Happy to answer any of these questions. And for Hot Springs Village Inside Out, we are thankful to have you today. And hope. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hot Springs Village Inside Out, a podcast where Hot Springs Village, Arkansas is the star. Please subscribe to the podcast. You can do that by visiting our website, hsvinsideout.com, and tell a friend.